everybody. Welcome to Between the Lions, the bi-weekly, bite-sized, ongoing oral history of the ongoing mission by the musical collective known as My Soul Among Lions to put all 150 psalms from the Bible to music. My name is Nathan Alberson, your humble and obedient host, sometime lyricist for My Soul Among Lions, creative director of Warhorn Media. We've got the CEO of Warhorn Media and lyricist for My Soul Among Lions, Jake Menzel, one of the project heads along with yours truly. How you doing, Jake? Good. How are you? I'm doing just finast- finastic. Finastic. The finastic. Both phenomenal and fantastic. A word I've invented that does a lot of work that other words weren't doing. You know, we were just talking before the show. I think that this is becoming... One of my favorite podcasts to do. (laughs) It's just fun. It's like you said a a couple episodes ago. It's fun to talk about the creative process. It's really fun to talk about the creative process. There's nothing I like doing better than talking about the creative process. And since I'm a narcissist, I like even better talking about my own creative process. Usually, which we'll get to eventually. (laughs) eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Wait a few psalms. Wait a few psalms. We're getting there. We're we're, yeah. We are actually. We are getting there today. We're talking about. An interesting song. Uh, oh, and I should, of course, uh, how could I forget? I need to introduce Pastor Philip Moyer, oh, one of the you. other heads of the project, the musical genius behind. If you if you like a My Soul Among Lions song, then you like something that Phil did on it, whether he's listed as Like the, uh, record, produce, and arrange every single song that you've ever heard. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he has engineered, produced, and arranged every song from My Soul Among Lions. If you like My Soul Among Lions, you like the work of Philip Moyer. Even if he didn't write the song, his fingerprints are all over it. And here's a question for you, Phil, a random question. Sure. When you were 16 years old, what what was your favorite band? Oh, man, that's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I would have said The Beatles or maybe Radiohead. Do you mean favorite contemporary of that time? Or or favorite all time. Um, Of that time or all time? At 16. If if somebody was going to come up to 16-year-old Phil Moyer and say, oh, hey, man. who's your favorite band? I would probably say Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin? That's yeah. not embarrassing. Well, that's not. But, As you know, if I talked about the contemporary <laughs> band of that time, it might get more If I would have said, hey, Philip, what's uh, what's on your Discman? <laughs> on my Discman? Uh, or your Walkman. <laughs> Whatever it would have been at the time. Um, what are you listening to in your car right now? Uh-huh. If I drove. What are you listening to while you skateboard? Around probably Nirvana of... and Pearl Jam, yeah, pretty much. So, so you were like the Seattle alternative Seattle bands, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. The grunge, you I was all about from the grunge. Philly, though. Come on, what? I, I wasn't from Philly City, but, um, you were but a suburbs of Philadelphia. You were you're dancing in the clubs. I, to... That's true. I mean, I'm a musician. I grew up listening to a lot of different <laughs> music. And... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that's true. I was a b boy. <laughs> I'm a musician, of course I was. <laughs> I mean, okay, like the Beastie Boys, like the skateboard, interested in all different styles of music. Yeah. I mean, I grew up as a classical musician as well, so right. it's like, I just appreciate music. And Have we told uh, people Phil's cred? cred. Which, which cred? I it's mean, like PhD he's... in choral conducting. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, that. People, done that. people should understand that. Yeah. yeah. No, let's tell them. You've got a PhD in choral No, I don't. Actually, he... <laughs> I have no cred. He, he dropped that. He dropped that. He well, came here to do this PhD yeah. in choral conducting. I mean, so. Study at Westminster Choir College, was an intern at 10th Press. Went and... to Philadelphia College of Bible, now Karen University, studied voice. You know, vocal performance, mm-hmm. studied Bible, st- had lots of singing lessons and sang opera, pursuing a career in that. Mm-hmm. 
But having a lot of vocal experience, I went into choral music. And so I went to Westminster Choir College in Princeton, New Jersey, which is a great school. I learned a lot there. Got to sing with some great choirs and conduct great choirs and got my master's in choral conducting and sacred music. And then came out here to Indiana University to get a doctorate in choral music. And the rest is history. The Lord had stole my heart. He stole your heart. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord did a great work, actually, is what it comes down to. That's absolutely true. And yeah, but that's that's a good thing. People should understand that. And people should understand the name of your band when you were a teenager. (laughs) Tortuga. 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 It's hard to pick a a band name. It is. It's yeah, well, you know. Yeah. You have to resort to just blindly pointing your finger and Did, mm. didn't you have another band that had like a, an amazing pun caro scene with a yeah the scene had a, a c in it <laughs> like kerosene yeah. intentionally we're spelled wrong we're the caro scene yeah we're the caro yeah, that was my first kid band <laughs> that's amazing that's probably <laughs> my favorite thing i've ever heard best zeppelin album oh well i'm just i'm, I'm making a point here which is that i don't i don't have a best zeppelin album really yeah Really? I would say Zozo, I guess. I know that's a boring answer. I don't know. I just, I have some real favorites from various ones. I don't know. And I find... Cashmere, probably your favorite song. No. (laughs) (laughs) Stairway to Heaven? No. (laughs) Maybe Out on the Tiles or or the Ocean or Good Times, Bad Times. I love the drum beats and guitar riffs, but... Aren't we talking about Christian music here? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we're talking about good music. <laughs> I, I wanted to make a point, uh, and the point is simply the all the hodgepodge, the the soup that is my soul among lions. Has a lot of a lot of flavors Soupy. in it, and, and of course, it, you know, one of these days, I'm sure we'll talk to Jody, and he comes from an entirely different set of influences. Mm-hmm. Well, Jody wasn't allowed to listen to rock music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jody's Growing first, uh, if, I want, if I'm remembering correctly, he found a, what, what Talking Heads maybe? Or, cake, um, yeah, cake. It? Yeah. It's like he, <laughs> he got a hold, he somehow got a hold of a cake and it was like the contraband yeah, that he hit. Let and, me drink this secret elixir. <laughs> everything else was like, you know, Sandy Patty and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then I grew up with the Beatles and with uh, a lot of classic rock type stuff. And then, and then uh, my dad would listen to oh, what's her name? The, the 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 famous Christian lady from our era, Amy Grant. Amy Grant, yeah, you know. So we grew up listening to a lot of Amy yeah, Grant and, on the one side hand, and uh, I can still sing all singing praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody! And I have no shared experience with. Anybody right. here. Your favorite band, DC Talk, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I grew up with uh, just the standard pagan public school pop, pop, rap, hip hop, even a little bit of country, but just the smorgasbord of whatever, what was on t- MTV, what was on Which you and I are H1. just a couple years younger than Phil, which meant you wouldn't have hit the Seattle kind of stuff quite No, I didn't hit Nirvana as hard, no, that, yeah. yeah. I um, was more... Well, one, I was more rap, hip hop, R and B. We listened to Tupac, mm-hmm. you know, because we were cool suburban gangsters, the golden gangsters. age of that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we wanted to tap into our softer side. We'd pull out the boys to men, mm-hmm. you know. Motown so, Philly back again. Well, guys, all of that should prepare us to discuss. <laughs> I feel prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Now we repent. Now, yeah, we repented and we wrote Psalm 2, 
he will rage. Now, this is interesting. People should listen to the previous episode to get a little bit more context on this because... Yeah, I think that if 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 we had full confidence in the nation's rage, this song never exists probably. Right. But we didn't. And the, so... The criticism, the self-criticism slash outside criticism of the nation's rage was that it was maybe too cheerful, too, it, it risked being trite about the wrath of God and, and the fact that it was kind of an upbeat folk song and so uh, there was a lot of uh, sort of behind the scenes demand for a more straight ahead hardcore hardcore sounding song and I I, Jody asked me to help him with it and I never did because I resented having to do it (laughs) Um, that's my confession that's my first confession is I I hung him out to dry he was like we have to we just have to do one right and I was like I don't want to do one and he's like no but we have to and I was like well okay maybe I'll help you with it well, I never did, and he ended up finishing it himself. And I don't want to say because this song came out of tensions. There's people out there that really love this song, yeah. and 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 they should. It's good, you know. The worst my it's soul among lions song. song is, you know, the worst ice cream is still better than the best vegetables. Like there's there's no bad my soul among lions songs, but this song did come out of kind of a weird place, and so you'll you'll hear it. We're going to be honest as we do this podcast about some of the tensions and concerns and fears and things that went. Yeah, into... listen, if you love this song, that's great. Uh, I hope I'm not discouraging you from loving this song. Well, especially last episode, telling you we how said, we... like, you know, d- d- I think you aired some of your <laughs> <laughs> resentments, as you said. It's possible. <laughs> you know, why can't... It, wh- I never wh- do anything <laughs> like that. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I, I... Well, and here's the other thing is I don't... Uh, whatever resentments I may have had about having to to write this other version, when I, I really bought into and believed in the other one pretty strongly. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll talk about that when we come to, actually, both Psalm 4 and Psalm 6. Mm-hmm. I bought into that approach so much that it affected how I approached Psalm 4 and Psalm 6. And as much as you know, there were certain songs that we did that Jody didn't believe in, and I convinced him and everybody else that he was wrong, uh, Psalm 6 is one mm-hmm. that I wrote, and I did not believe in the setting of it because it felt too heavy-handed. Mm, mm-hmm. I came around. I was wrong. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would because I came to you yeah. on the on the low-key and subverted Jody. It was like, <laughs> I don't believe in what Jody's doing with this musically. Can you write? Can you can you try a, a version of it? And I did. <laughs> you did. And that, that caused some conflict. That we'll, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> Wait, your version was still good. Maybe, maybe somebody someday will... Uh, well, it does, it. but it doesn't come close to what we oh, came up yeah. with. Oh, yeah. It, relatively speaking, it deserves yeah. to die. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's an interesting challenge that's been through this whole process, and it's something that you wouldn't necessarily think of unless you do it. Is how much do you actually lean into the the lyrics? You know, yeah, with, exactly. with your with your music, and and you can make arguments for leaning away depending on what it is for leaning towards it. It's just kind of like in acting. You know, if I'm an actor and I have the line and the line is, I hate your guts, Jake. I can do, not that this is a, this is a right. fictional character that hates your guts. Oh, good. Um, I was definitely I was worried. Yeah. Well, life. so you can argue for, I hate your guts, Jake. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to play the line. And that, that could be a really powerful scene. Another yeah. way to play it is, I hate your guts, Jake. Exactly. And that, is its own kind of power, and that <laughs> actually right. that actually might be ten times scarier. That exactly. might make my character ten times more frightening, frightening, intense. Uh, you might understand that I'm much more angry if I just say it like very simply, yeah, than if I yell it. Yeah, and and that really is the difference 
I mean, we talk about this sort of thing, get a plug in for another show. We talk about this sort of thing a lot on the bookening. Yeah. Where we, especially when we talk about Shakespeare, how, you know, what's great about Shakespeare, and this is a lesson that we've learned and applied all across the board in all of our writing, mm-hmm. to My Soul Among Lions, to stuff we do for uh, The Ville, mm-hmm. which is what's great about Shakespeare is that you can actually read Shakespeare mm-hmm. a thousand different ways, and it will still work because the, the lines are so strong. Famous soliloquies. Mm-hmm. Y- you can take your pick, right? Mm-hmm. Like, once more to the... Once more to the breach, dear friends, once more... Or, once more to the breach, dear friends. Once more. you can yeah. do it all kinds of ways, everything yep. in between. Mm-hmm. But it works because the words work. Yeah, this is that was the question of Psalm two: was Are we going to shout this thing, or are we going to try to make it more powerful by saying it with a smile? Yeah, and as you and talk I about, believe, yeah, last week it actually there are some people that say, well, it makes it trite if you say it with a smile. There are other people that say, oh no, that makes it really scary and powerful if exactly. you say it with a smile. And some people like that. I like that because I'm. I'm subversive like that, I guess. Yeah. Um, rightfully, in this case, I, I would I would contend. Other people are just like, oh no, you can't you can't make it that scary. Like you can't you can't just be accepting God's judgment with a smile. You know that's that's too much. Um, and other people are like, you can't pronounce God's judgment unless you're yelling it. Right. And I I think that this is a psalm that deserved a shot at yelling it, and this is a good way to yell it. And there's a time and place to yell it. So yeah, it's it's not that everything's. You certainly the lesson shouldn't be in talking about this that it's always better to understate some things. Sometimes it's much better to just go for broke, to scream and shout, to you know you have sad lyrics and you write the saddest sounding melody. You know, there's there's an argument to be made. I, I think I tend in my life to prefer. Well, I don't know. I, it really depends on what it is. In literature, a lot of times I prefer understatement, but sometimes I prefer overstatement. I think you can find a lot if you listen to the Ville, our fiction podcast you can find a lot of understatement and overstatement on that thing and so you can you can always make an argument we're, we're gonna talk about this a lot i think when we get to psalm 8 because there's two psalm 8s mm-hmm. and one of them was in my mind pretty overstated and uh we gave birth to another one gave, don't give it away no you don't give it away may or may not have given birth to <laughs> one that was in my mind a little bit more restrained and the better for it do you remember anything specific about this one musically, Phil? Or the well, I actually liked this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe for the reasons that you're you're talking about, I think I felt it was more appropriate. I think I've come to love the other one on the A side, right. uh, The Nation's Rage, more now. There were definite challenges in My Soul Among Lions pulling off this other one, He Will Rage, because it, it kind of felt forced for the style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, it gave me issues in the production of it. H- how do you make this thing sound powerful when you're using a mandolin? And uh, <laughs> yeah, so how do you, you really do need five electric guitars? Yeah, what's what's the answer yeah. to that question? How do, how did you do it? Do you think I did? I don't know. <laughs> That's, I, I do wonder if if it achieved what it needed to. But I did pull off some tricks that you might not hear like one of them is i Good. i created a, a duplicate of the acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and i sent it through this processor that ends up overly distorting the mm-hmm. sound and so underlying you have something that's very grating underneath the the exact same sound of the acoustic if you listen now you might you, you might, might be able, able to, to hear it, it in, in awesome. that way but it, it i kind of i don't know how to put it 
What I have here is an excerpt from just after the uh, at the first interlude of the song, just so you can hear overall what it sounds like, you know, as a whole with the with the band. Then this next one, I will take out all the instruments except that distorted guitar part. That's r the doubling of the regular acoustic part. Then this is the excerpt of it all put together. So there, that kind of tricks trying to add some some strength to this folk acoustic sound. But when we did this version live in worship, and initially I think we did this version more often I think that's true, yeah. than the other one, I, I thought it was pretty cool, you know, having a drum set and playing bass guitar and pretty bass heavy. Um, that's not necessarily what we ended up with on the recording, but I thought it was appropriate. It reminded me of, you know, Hiding Place, that the Good Shepherd Band song, one of our earlier mm -hmm. yeah. songs. It, it has that, well, it's, it's actually in the same key. It's in C-sharp minor, which maybe that's just this really dark mm -hmm. key <laughs> mm -hmm. to play in. Um, and so there's similarities. It reminds me of that kind of judgment um, song, like, mm -hmm. like uh -huh. Hiding Place. So I, I liked it, but I think in the end, I, I didn't find it to work as well. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think I've be become convinced of the optimism of the other version, mm -hmm. that why that's important and necessary. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Just victoriousness in Christ. Yeah, Hiding Place is a good example of, of a song that really does tap into how fearful mm -hmm. Judgment Day is going to be. If, if people want to hear that, they can go check that out. Good Shepherd Band, Hiding Place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a fantastic it's song. It's the same kind of thing that, that, that this uh, song is aiming at. That's fascinating. Well... I guess people can listen to it now. We're going to play it. They'll be able to, they, they can listen for that uh, distorted yeah. kind of. I don't know if, if you'll hear of... it, but I I I know it's there. I know what I'm hearing. Right. So no, I, I love knowing about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually some people resent it, but I enjoy it when an artist tells me something and then I can't hear the thing the same way. I have to. Mm -hmm. I suddenly hear the other thing. I think that's neat. Mm -hmm. um, will anybody have any more thoughts, or shall we listen to Psalm Two? He will rage. Let's go for it. All right. Why do nations rage? Why do they plot in vain? Why do their rulers take their stand? Strategizing schemes how to break free of God To cut his cords and kill his lamb But high up in heaven, God laughs at their plans. I have set my king upon my holy hill. Thunders the echo of his wrath. Disregard my son and there's my cup to fill All 
like this song and you want to buy it, you can buy it on iTunes or Amazon or Bandcamp. You can go right now and listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music. If you want charts, lead sheets, it's all available for free at clearnotesongbook.com. And if you want to support this work and get access to great new content as we write and produce new songs, go to patreon.com forward slash MSAL where you can sign up for as little as a cup of coffee a month.